Welcome to the Not All Better Show. I'm your host, Paul Vogelsang, and as part of our science interview series, we have got a great show for you today on the subject of cellular aging. Yes, <laughs> that's right. As we age, no surprise, our cells age too. And big surprise, there's something we can be doing about it. Our guest today on the Not Old Better Show is Dr. Noelle Reed. You may remember Dr. Noelle Reed from the hit Bravo TV show, Married to Medicine. Dr. Reed is a practicing physician and owns Trinity Health and Wellness Center in Southern California and firmly believes in an East meets West approach to her medicine. Dr. Reed's duties as a family doctor encompass everything from giving men and women's physical exams to the now ubiquitous telehealth and to treating all manner of family health and wellness issues. Dr. Reed is a national expert in cellular aging, and we will discuss cells in decline, which is officially known as age-associated cellular decline, or AACD. We're going to have all of this in the show notes for you, but briefly, AACD is a time-related deterioration in the way our cells function, which often begins in our 40s and accelerates in our 60s, resulting in a noticeable loss of energy, strength, and resiliency. We'll also discuss how aging affects cells, and we'll learn again, remember our early science classes, everybody, about the mitochondria, which are the power plants of our cells. Declines in mitochondrial health can impair cell energy production and contribute to a buildup of free radicals and oxidative stress within the cells. All of this today here on the Not Old Better Show. But first, our healthy headlines. Today's healthy headlines segment. Our headline today from the National Institutes of Health Brain Initiative, Reading Minds with Ultrasound, a less invasive technique to decode the brain's intentions. Have you ever thought about what is happening in your brain as you listen to my show or as you read an article? In other words, which areas of your brain are active, which neurons are talking to which others, and what signals are they sending to your muscles? According to the Brain Initiative at the National Institutes of Health, mapping neural activity to corresponding behaviors is a major goal for neuroscientists developing brain-machine interfaces, or BMIs. Uh, those are devices that read and interpret brain activity and transmit instructions to a computer or a machine. Though this may seem like science fiction, existing brain-machine interfaces, again, those are the BMIs, they can, for example, connect a paralyzed person with a robotic arm. It's fascinating stuff. The BMI interprets the person's neural activity and their intentions and moves the robotic arm correspondingly. A major limitation for the development of BMIs, according to Caltech and NIH in a partnership, is that the devices require invasive brain surgery to read out neural activity. But now, in this collaboration with NIH and Caltech, they've developed a new type of minimally invasive BMI to read out brain activity corresponding to the planning of movement using functional 
ultrasound technology that can accurately map brain activity from precise regions deep within the brain at a resolution of 100 micrometers. The size of a single neuron is approximately 10 micrometers. So this is super small. The first milestone was to show that ultrasound could capture brain signals related to the thought of planning a physical movement, according to Dr. Charles Liu, a neurosurgeon and part of the research study who's at USC. Current high-resolution brain-machine interfaces use electrode arrays that require brain surgery, which includes opening the dura, the strong fibrous membrane between the skull and the brain, and implanting the electrodes directly in the brain in order to accomplish the physical movement. But ultrasound signals can pass through the dura and brain non-invasively. Only a small, again, that's 100 micrometers, ultrasound transparent window needs to be implanted in the skull. This surgery is significantly less invasive than that required for implanting electrodes, says Dr. Liu. I think this is great news, and I'm sure there are many wonderful applications to this science to come. But I will say, as cool as I think this will be to read other people's minds, my advice, short of this procedure, is to just join Facebook, and you'll get over it. That is, the reading of other people's minds. Now on to our interview with Dr. Noel Reed. Dr. Noel Reed, welcome to the program. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. I am happy that you're here, too. I hope you're having a good day. I hope your family's all well. I have had my second round of vaccines. My wife has, our two boys have, oh, and so I hope the same for you. Yep, thank you so much. I'm <laughs> I'm feeling free. <laughs> good. So you have that added shield, that added shield of protection. Yes. That's so good. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I, it's a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, as I say, I do hope your family's all well. We are connecting across a couple of time zones. I know you're very busy, so I just want to really jump into this subject because I think it's an important one. I'm 64, and I think as all of us get a little age behind us, you know, we get a little older, we lose some of our zip, we lose some of our energy, and there are other age-related conditions, muscles decline, but importantly, our cells decline. And I think this is your specialty, and I want to talk to you about that today because I want to I want to understand really uh, from a lay perspective, how how does aging affect our cells? And then let me let me ask this too, because I believe this is called AACD, correct? Yes. Okay. You're absolutely correct. So age-associated cellular decline, or AACD, essentially describes um, the time-related deterioration that happens in our cells as we get older. So if you can imagine, as we get older, so do our cells. And really, aging starts on the inside out. So, you know, I think a lot of times we tend to focus on things that we can see, you know, all of those physical changes. So the wrinkles that set in, the sagging skin, the lack of muscle mass or the lack of muscle stamina. But these are really changes that are occurring that happen later. You know, the the initial stages are happening at the cellular level. The changes are happening within our cells before we see these physical manifestations. And so, you know, one of the key... Um, hallmarks or the key markers of cellular change, cellular aging is dealing with the mitochondria. So you may remember, Paul, mm-hmm, from Biology mm-hmm, 101. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking hard <laughs> right the, now, Dr. Reed. What the mitochondria are, so those the power plants, right? The powerhouses mm-hmm, of the cell. Mm-hmm, That's how I remember it yep, from biology yep. class. I remember that word, um, pow- uh, those two words, and, power plants. 
Yes, the powerhouse, right? So, you know, really the mitochondria are so important because they are the energy producers of the cell and they really are responsible for more than 90% of the energy that the cell needs to do its work. And so when we age, the mitochondrial function can decline. And so if the energy producers are declining in function, then that cell then declines in function and thus the tissues and the organs that the cell makes up also can decline in function. And so we may see this in many ways and that may be in fatigue. You know, we may notice that, again, we don't have that pep in our step as we used to, maybe in our 20s and 30s. Um, We may notice that there is decreased exercise tolerance, perhaps decreased muscle stamina and strength, impaired immunity. You know, these are just a few of the physical manifestations of age-associated cellular decline. And, you know, in terms of the timeline of things, we typically see these cellular changes start to occur in our early 40s. And it only accelerates as we get into our 60s and beyond. Um, So that is typically, you know, the time of life where we may start to actually see these um, aging changes that are happening within ourselves. Mm -hmm. Is there a difference for men or women? I wouldn't say so. Mm. I think that, you know, aging is really, it's a personal journey. You know, Mm. it's different for every individual. And so it's going to be impacted by many things. Um, I think genetics plays a small role, but certainly our behaviors, um, probably the, the, the more larger component to it. So the nutrition that we consume on a daily basis, our level of exercise, stress management, all of these things can impact how we age and, you know, the, 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 the rapid the rapidity of it, you know, what is the pace that we're aging at? Um, so it's really that, you know, our behaviors dictate mm-hmm. our outcome. Thank you for that. And and thanks for the description of the mitochondria too, because I want to talk a little bit about that. So in terms of mm-hmm. this idea of kind of boosting the mitochondria, do I understand this correctly mm-hmm. that underperforming mitochondria are actually removed from the cell, then new ones are added? Is that correct? And maybe tell us how that works and maybe correct me if I'm, if I'm not understanding that right. Sure. So what you're referring to is a process that's called metophagy. And so that essentially refers to the recycling process of mitochondria within our cells. Um, And so when it works right, that is what's supposed to happen where there are underperforming mitochondria that are removed from the cell and new ones are regenerated. But that doesn't always happen. And we can see that, you know, not happen as well as we get older. And um, there are um, cellular nutrients actually that can improve this process. So, you know, in addition to all of the behavioral things that we can do, so our proper intake in terms of a well-balanced, varied diet, regular, consistent exercise, stress management, we now know, so what science has found is that there are key cellular nutrients that can work to improve mitochondria function. So, you know, this is actually an area of, um, of treatment, essentially, or if, if you will, or intervention is by utilizing cellular nutrients that work to improve the function of mitochondria within our cells. So one in particular is called urolithin A. And this is actually a nutrient that we can make naturally, okay, when we eat certain foods. So when we eat foods such as pomegranates, berries, and nuts, all of these contain a compound known as elegotannins. And when elegotannins come in contact with our normal gut flora, that the healthy bacteria in our gut, that is when urolithin A is synthesized. However, 
only one in three individuals have the necessary gut flora to allow for this process to occur um, efficiently. So a good number of us may be deficient in urolithin A, and that can impact the way that our cells function. So urolithin A works actually to improve metophagy. It helps to improve the mitochondria uh, the recycling of mitochondria within our cells, specifically within skeletal muscle. And so we know that we need proper function of mitochondria for our skeletal muscles to work well. That impacts its stamina and its strength. So with supplementation of urolithin A, um, which may again be necessary for many of us because we may not have the proper gut flora to allow for natural synthesis, this can help to boost mitochondrial function within the skeletal muscle cells, improving that process of metophagy and thus improving the stamina and strength of our uh, muscle. So urolithin A we can get from pomegranates. Are there is there a protein component? Can, can we drink more protein-enhanced uh, uh, you know, beverages? Do we eat more carbs? Should we avoid fats? Where else are we going to find this? So in addition to consuming um, those um, fruits and nuts, so the pomegranates, berries, and nuts, um, we can actually supplement. Okay. And so, and so urolithin A actually as a cellular nutrient has been clinically proven, you know, to, uh, to improve, um, mitochondrial function within muscle cells and muscle strength. So there was actually two studies that were released or published rather in 2019, looking at urolithin A supplementation, both in middle-aged adults and older adults. And the outcomes were similar across the board. So what they noted is that 500 milligrams a day of urolithin A did help to improve markers of metophagy, so improving mitochondrial function within skeletal muscle cells, as well as improve muscle strength. Specifically, so there was one study looking at 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 older adults, and there was one looking at middle-aged, overweight adults. And in that particular study, after four months of supplementation of urolithin A, there was improvement of mitochondrial function in the skeletal muscle cells and improved strength muscle strength. Um, so, you know, this is information, there is data, you know, to back all of this up. This is not just, um, just a commentary. This, you know, there has research that has been um, done over, I would say well over a decade looking at cellular nutrients in general. Um, but particularly for urolithin A, there were two um, human clinical trials that were released um, that showed positive impacts with um, daily supplementation of urolithin A. We are with Dr. Noelle Reed. Dr. Reed is a board-certified family medicine physician. She went to medical school at UCLA and then did her medical school training at the University of Chicago Pritzker School of Medicine. Dr. Reed, it's really great to mm-hmm. talk to you about this subject. You know, I'm wondering, as as we're talking, you, you mm-hmm. have this really very highly um, – you know, very intellectual approach to this. Is this something that you you learned in medical school uh, about cellular? <laughs> Is this something you, as a family physician, I'm I'm just so impressed that we're getting this level of um, specificity around these particular elements and these these this nutrient uh, need and, and cellular uh-huh. aging. Well, you know, I can't say that I learned it in medical school. No. Um, (laughs) You know, I think we are improving in terms of, you know, Mm -hmm. how we are diversifying the um, 
the the infer- the, the the curriculum, if you will, in terms of how mm. we are educating our physicians and and trying to incorporate, you know, as what would it stand now being more alternative methods, if you will, um, mm, okay. incorporating nutrition, you know, in the study of medicine as well, which I would say, you know, decades back, maybe it was not such a strong um, focus on. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I did not have any courses really in nutrition. I did not have any courses in, um, cellular, um, aging. It was just more of, I guess, um, you know, a personal, um, interest because for me, I would have to say that I, as a physician, I take more of a holistic approach. You know, that has always been, um, my goal is to provide Mm -hmm. my patients really with tools in terms of how to, to live long and live well and understand that, a 30-day prescription does not solve everything. And typically when we get to the mm-hmm. point where we have to prescribe a medicine, we've already missed the mark. You know, there's some things that were not in place prior to that point. So, you know, it's not really just focusing on disease. Let's focus mm-hmm. on, you know, what are there things that we can do in our daily life to prevent, um, you know, just in doing things more naturally if we can. Well, well, it's fascinating research, and uh, we certainly appreciate all of this this knowledge. Are we making progress on the condition of aging? Oh, I think so. You know, we're certainly living longer, that's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, now that we are focusing more so on our behaviors um, and understanding the importance of nutrition and exercise, um, that that is really making um, some some key impacts. And in going back to the cellular nutrients, you know, so there's really three key nutrients that have been well-researched um, in terms of its impact on cellular aging and um, perhaps our longevity. So we talked about urolithin A, but there's a few others. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you have um, heard of um, nicotinamide riboside. Have you heard of that supplement? I found that... Well, in my research of you, I did find this known as NR. Yes, is so that right? NR for short, because okay. most people, yeah, NR can't short. necessarily say nicotinamide riboside or remember right? that. Like me, yep, I'm in that camp, Doctor Reed. <laughs> but NR, you can remember uh, rather easily. I no, hope. NR, I can re- <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's one. I can nicotinamide remember. has really been a game changer, you know, in terms of um, cellular senescence senescent cellular aging. And this also has been well studied. So there's been over 11 published clinical trials looking at the impact of nicotinamide riboside. And so what it is essentially, it is a B3 derivative. So niacin, it's a special form of niacin. It is necessary for proper cellular metabolism. So we need it to be present in order for us to essentially extract energy from the foods that we eat, such as carbohydrates and fat, and transform it into an energy form that the cell can use known as ATP. And so what has been found through study is that when we supplement with with NR or nicotinamide riboside, which is really a precursor for NAD, it helps to boost NAD levels and can do so by as soon as two weeks after supplementation. And so that that's what's been found in a number of the clinical trials, that it's actually a rapid response that we're seeing at the cellular level when we supplement with NR. That's another okay. cellular nutrient that has been key in addressing cellular aging mm-hmm. and having impacts on longevity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there is another, so a third nutrient that, that's been well studied, and that is Glynac. So glynac is short for glycine and N-acetylcysteine, and these are essentially um, amino acids. So it's a blend of amino acids which serve as 
precursors for glutathione. Mm-hmm. So are you familiar with glutathione, Paul? Have you heard of this? I've before? heard of glutathione. I, I can't tell you what it specifically is for, but 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 please tell us. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So glutathione is known as the master antioxidant. Okay. So it is also naturally present in our cells. So every cell of the body has glutathione. It really works to combat oxidative stress. Okay, so oxidative stress can come in many forms. It is inevitable in terms of our exposure. Um, well, for most of us, I would say, because it can be um, in the form of pollution, smoke or cigarette smoking, excess um, alcohol consumption, poor diets, essentially those high in fat and sugar, um, excess sun exposure. All of those will be considered sources of oxidative stress. And so when we are exposed to oxidative stress, that can have an impact on our cells and the way that our cells age. So glutathione is actually necessary to protect the cell and specifically our immune cells. But here again is where there can be a decline. So as we age, we know glutathione levels decline. Here again is where nutrition may fall short. Um, what we know through study, and here again, this is where you know research has been set in place to back this up. There was actually a study in 2011 that looked at Glynax supplementation, both in older adults and younger adults. And what was noted is that for those who supplemented with Glynax, that increased glutathione synthesis, as well as decreased markers of oxidative stress. Um, so, you know, certainly it is helpful to, um, impact the way that our cells are protected as well as our immune cells having an impact on our immune response, because really when there is an imbalance of oxidative stress, that is where we start to see, um, these aging changes occur. Okay. Because oxidative stress is inevitable. We're going to come across these things in our environment. It is what it is. But when we have the necessary glutathione present, Um, or perhaps we are consuming other antioxidants like vitamin C, E, selenium, all of these things help to balance out and give us better protection. Because essentially what the glutathione does, it works as like a warrior molecule, if you will. So it really helps to cover the cell and neutralize what are known as free radicals. Okay, So free radicals, a form of oxidative stress, when they are around us, they look to attack our cells because they are unstable molecules, okay? So free radicals are essentially unstable molecules that are looking for electrons to pair with their lone electron. So they're looking to attack stable molecules to stabilize themselves. And typically those stable molecules that they're looking for are cell membranes, DNA, other proteins. And so essentially, you know, our cells are at stake. So when they're around, they can damage our cells and that then impacts the way that the cell functions and can perhaps when there's an imbalance cause premature aging. And so here again, this may present itself physically as fine lines and wrinkles, you know, sagging skin, um, lack of muscle strength. These are some of the physical ma- manifestations of the cellular aging that can be due to an imbalance of oxidative stress. So it's important that we work on building up our arsenal when it comes to fighting off oxidative stress. So then that helps to improve our immune response as we age. Fascinating. What what a seminar, Dr. Reed. I'm really just going to encourage my audience to go back, listen to Dr. Reed's answer, just just this most immediate answer about Glynac, uh, urolithin A, uh, 
niconitinamide, uh, riboside. Nicotinamide. Nicotinamide, riboside, NR, and glutathione and these warrior radicals. Fantastic stuff. What what a great, great answer. You know, I think what's on our mind too, um, Dr. Reed, is this idea of our immune health. And so I wondered if you'd talk to us a little bit about what um, aging cells, you know, contribute to our immune health or decrease it. So this is, I guess, just to piggyback off what I mentioned with the glynac and the glutathione. So, you know, as we age, um, there certainly are cellular changes that are occurring that can impact our immune response. And one of those things being the decline in glutathione. Okay. So again, there's not really any food products that we can consume um, to directly impact the glutathione synthesis? Well, with the exception of antioxidants. So, you know, as I mentioned, other antioxidants can improve um, and support glutathione synthesis, but not solely by themselves. So things such as vitamin C, vitamin E, selenium, which we can get from um, our citrus fruits and, and whole grains, all of those would be sources of those antioxidants, which helps to support glutathione synthesis, but not fully. Um, when the glutathione declines and the amino acids, so the glycine and, 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 and cysteine that are needed to allow for its production, that's where we can have this imbalance of oxidative stress, right? And so when that occurs, that really allows for more of an attack on our cells. So our cells are less protected when we don't have glutathione and these other antioxidants around um, to neutralize the free radicals that are um, um, that we're coming in contact with. So, you know, again, when we are um, just in our daily environment and there is air pollution or we are exposed to cigarette smoke or we are consuming high fat, high sugary foods, all of these things are exposing ourselves to this oxidative stress, free radicals that can then attack our cells. And if we don't have these warrior molecules around in good supply, then that is where the aging process can um, can accelerate. Okay. And so that is then when we will start to see cellular decline and then those physical manifestations such as the fatigue and the lack of muscle, um, stamina and our immune system being impaired in some way. So in making it more challenging for our immune cells to be present and work efficiently when we do have to fight off some other type of offender. So, you know, when it comes to cellular nutrients, this is where we have an extra tool in our arsenal to boost our immunity. So by um, consuming the glynac or glycine and N-acetylcysteine, that is what will help to boost our glutathione and our glutathione then helping to protect ourselves from these um, these stressors and as well boosting the function of our immune cells. And I think it's also good to note too that um, a more efficient way of building our production of glutathione is through precursors and not glutathione alone. Because there may be individuals who are familiar with glutathione. I know that, you know, within the anti-aging realm, it is utilized as a supplement often. Um, so glutathione is nothing new. You know, it has been used in anti-aging for years. But what we have found is that when you when you intake glutathione in its full form, it is is typically broken down by the natural digestive process before it gets to the cell. So hence, it doesn't really get to where it needs to get to to do its work. Um, and so it's not as efficient 
as taking the precursors. So the precursors would be a more efficient way because those are able to evade the digestive process to actually get to the cell and, and penetrate the cell to allow for proper glutathione synthesis within the cell. So it is a more efficient approach to in, increase the production of this warrior molecule that then helps to protect our cells and improve our immune response. Dr. Noel Reed has been our guest today. The subject is Age-Associated Cellular Decline, AACD. We're going to put links up to where you can find out more information about Dr. Reed, her work. Dr. Reed, we'd, we'd love, I just think this is a subject that we're going to want to revisit. And um, it's just Thank wonderful you. to speak with you. Thank you so much for your generous time today. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. My thanks to Dr. Noel Reed and all her research, knowledge, and expertise on cellular aging. Hopefully today's show has given you the information you need to approach aging and those aging cells with confidence. There's a lot you can do, and advances in science have uncovered the important role cellular health plays in and why and how we age. Stay tuned for more on this subject. You can find out more on our website. That's notold-better.com. Thanks for joining us today. Have a great day, and until next time, let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody.